0: Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri is proud to be sponsoring this portion of broadcasting on KNEO. Owned by Judy and Danny Harper, Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri specializes in French Bulldogs. For more information, the phone number is
1: 417-628-3083.
2: Welcome to Crosspoint. 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 Crosspoint an interactive program featuring ministers and leaders of the Christian community addressing the issues that are challenging the church today. Here's your host, Mark Taylor.
1: We live in an upside-down world where there's only one way for Christians to overcome. You're listening to Crosspoint, and I'm your host, Mark Taylor. My guest today says we need a real spiritual power movement in our life. Stephen Strang is a best-selling author, founder of Charisma Media, publisher of Charisma Magazine, and author of the newest book, Spirit-Led Living in an Upside-Down World. Well, Stephen Strang, welcome back to Crosspoint again. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, We know you're a busy man uh, with Charisma Media and Charisma Magazine and all the different things that Charisma House does. You've put a new book out here called Spirit-Led Living in an Upside-Down World. There's no doubt we are in an upside-down world. And uh, right in the introduction of the book, you said, it's never been easy to be a Christian, but segments of society are openly hostile to anything religious, and the culture is pulling us down uh, towards uh, luring our children away from God, and worse, it is even an onslaught that will never end, even though we live in what many believe is the greatest country in the world, there's a feeling almost everywhere that something is seriously wrong in America. I would say that's a very true statement.
0: Well, thank you. And, of course, Christianity is, there's an onslaught all over the world, you know, in cultures that you and I are not that familiar with, and there have been some horrible times in history. Uh, The difference for us is that because of our religious freedoms and the basis that our country was founded on, we Christians have had, you know, a lot of freedom. That's changing. You know, our country is becoming more and more socialistic. And socialism is always anti-God. And, you know, the changes we're seeing in the society have been going on for years. It's just that they seem to be accelerating, and it's kind of shocked a lot of people. But, but, you know, I'm old enough to remember the 70s and the Vietnam era and the free love and the hippie era and all those kinds of things. But it was somewhat isolated. You could kind of avoid it now you just, you almost can't get away from it. And I sense that a lot of Christians are discouraged and, you know, there's more and more compromise in in lots of ways. And so that's why I wrote the book.
1: How vital, Stephen, do you believe it is for the Holy Spirit, for our personal growth, but also for transforming the world? Well, it's absolutely essential.
0: You know, when Jesus went to heaven, right before he ascended to heaven, he told his disciples that he would send a comforter, that comforter was the Holy Spirit, and it fell on the day of Pentecost. That was the birth of the Church, and the Roman Empire tried to snuff out Christianity. You know, as bad as things are, they weren't nearly as bad as then, where they were feeding Christians to lions and other things, yet those people persevered, and Christianity let's say it replaced uh, the roman empire in the sense that it became the you know what we now call the roman catholic church it was a process over a period of centuries but the roman empire is gone christianity is still here and of course you and i and a lot of your listeners believe the bible is true and god is going to triumph in the end but in the meanwhile we've got this mess i mean you can't turn on the news without just being confronted with all kinds of things that we would have thought unthinkable, you know, just a few years ago. You know, drag queens reading Bible, or reading stories, rather, to, uh, you know, small children is just an example. A library would never let someone dress up like a Bible character and read Bible stories. They just wouldn't. Uh, Kirk Cameron, who is a very outspoken christian and a you know well-known actor has had readings at some libraries and has done it actually to to show the hypocrisy there are a lot of libraries that won't let him you know just read nice little stories to children you know the kind listen when i was in elementary school the school teachers in the school would sometimes read bible stories it was considered kind of literature in a way it wasn't you know like a sunday school but they did it. That was considered a norm, and that was before the Supreme Court ruled that you couldn't use the Bible in the school, and it's just kind of been downhill ever since then.
1: Yeah. Now, Stephen, you're founded Charisma Media. You are a publisher of Charisma Magazine, and uh, you know the, the magazine, of course, speaks a lot in the area of the spirit-filled living. Uh, you know, the what we call the Pentecostal, uh, charismatic side of, of the, that way of living. And talking about the marvelous works of God through the Holy Spirit, that's pretty much been a foundation uh, of the power that's been in your life, isn't
0: it? Uh, absolutely. And I tell a little bit of my own story in the book. I'm a journalist, and I've never been a pastor. I'm not a theologian, although I, I'm well-read on the subject and have you know, operated in the church world most of my adult life. But I've always kind of written other people's stories. I mean, that's what journalists do. But here I talk about some of my own story, trying to relate to people, to let people know that the power of the Holy Spirit is not just a theological thing, but something that you can experience in your day-to-day life. You know, I hope it's encouraging. We're starting to have some churches use the book as Bible studies. There are study questions at the end of each chapter, uh, either for an individual reader to reflect on or for a group to uh, spark a discussion, because we need to understand how this works. And I cover everything from A to Z. You refer to the fact that, uh, you know, I'm a magazine publisher. When Charisma started, magazines of any type were kind of the websites of the day. People who are interested in different things would seek out A magazine on that topic whether it was gardening or bicycling or or you name it and charisma has always written about uh kind of the pentecostal part of the church which goes by different terms i don't get hung up on terms and you know that's kind of been what we have done now for over four decades and um You know, a lot of other magazines, even other Christian magazines, would not uh, write about this kind of stuff. There are segments of the Church who downplay the Holy Spirit. I heard someone say one time that some people seem to think the Trinity is the Father, Son, and the Holy Bible, and of course, the Word of God is tantamount to our faith, of course, but it's kind of a joke that they don't include the Holy Spirit, instead they Uh, you know, emphasize the the Word, but we've never been like that. We've we've always uh, written about ministries that were trying to change the world, uh, people's lives being changed, miracle stories, and we continue to do that today. More and more it's online, and then as time has passed, we've gotten into other kinds of media, uh, primarily books, and our newest book, if I can just put a plug in, is uh, Jonathan Kahn's new book called The Josiah Manifesto. But we have an enormous uh, response to that book, as you can imagine, because Jonathan Kahn is is so well-liked as an author, and that Josiah was the king who led Israel back to God. And Jonathan parallels what's happening in our own culture with ha- what happened in ancient Israel and says that the sort of the template i guess you could use that word that josiah used is actually a manifesto that will help us know how to operate in what i call the upside down world
1: yeah and i'm looking forward to doing that interview as well i've already got the pre pre pre-book here and went through it and ready to go he's doing a lot of media he's done your show beforehand. oh several times yeah Chapter 1 of the book, uh, you mentioned a Bible teacher, Pickett, and you explained that they'd said that the fruit of love cannot be produced by our efforts, it's a result of the love of God being shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who's been given to us. This love produced by the Holy Spirit is much more than human affection, you're going to say it it is God's very character of who He is. Uh, Do you think a lot of people understand the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit? no
0: (laughs) you know these are spiritual things they have to be spiritually discerned the fact is that the spiritual world is as real or more real than the world that we all know and understand the natural world you know the world that we can see and touch and hear and so forth but the spiritual world is the world that will live on you know all of us will be dead at some point the natural life for us will end but our spirits live on forever, and it's absolutely essential that we have a right relationship with God. You know, you don't have to be a theologian, as I said, or understand these things totally to experience God. You just have to be open to the Holy Spirit, experience the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us power. That's the whole thing. He gives us power to stand against temptation, even though a lot of times we stumble or we're weak. But it's the Holy Spirit that can give us power to live the kind of lives we need to live, and even to live quiet and peaceful lives, which is a term the Bible uses. One of the word pictures that I use in the book I picked up from the late uh, Fred Price. He said that putting on scuba gear will not keep you from getting wet, but it allows you to go into a hostile environment, in other words, underwater. Uh, where, which would actually kill you. If, you know, if you, if a human being or really any mammal, uh, goes underwater for more than a few minutes, it'll kill you. But you can take oxygen with you in the form of scuba gear and survive as long as the oxygen, uh, survives. So the, the Holy Spirit and living in the Holy Spirit, um, is kind of a word picture i remember when i was on the 700 club gordon robertson kind of likes that word picture because it's useful to see that we we can kind of have our own spiritual environment so to speak where we can be happy regardless of what nonsense we're seeing either in the political situation or the wider culture or the bad news we see on tv um, and I encourage people to experience that. And, of course, many people have experienced it. You know, I'm not the first one to say this, but I'm trying to say it in a new way that will relate to people. So that's why I wrote A Spirit-Led Living in an Upside-Down World. And, you know, I appreciate the opportunity that media like you have given me to ar- try to articulate this and to encourage people to get the book. It's, avail- it's widely available, but it's probably easiest to get on Amazon.com I hope people will try it out.
1: Yeah. Now, at the end of these chapters, you've got a living it out, uh, a place where, is it kind of where you could maybe redo this book with a group, have a discussion, or is it just for more personal reflection?
0: Well, it's for both, and I tried to refer to it a little bit earlier. We are having Bible studies. In fact, we met with a group of pastors this week, to talk about how to be effective in making this book available. You know, there's there are a lot of groups that will study a book, or just did it individually. You know, not everyone's in a group. And people can read the book and skip over the questions, but it's also helpful to reflect on what you just read. I actually picked up the idea from Rick Warren, who is a friend of mine, and I was aware of the success of his book and how effective it was. So we prepared those questions. There's also little articles in the magazine, we call them sidebars. You know, uh, in the book we did a little gray screen and we picked a chapter or a story that is pretty dynamic uh, from some pretty high profile people and also a few people you never heard of that kind of illustrate whatever point that we're talking about in the chapter so you know that's the result of me being a magazine journalist. You know, we try to make it friendly for the reader. It's a fairly quick read. You know, when I was in journalism school, they used to tell us to write it at an eighth grade level, which sounds almost demeaning, but it's the idea that an eighth grader who who is uh, somewhat mature and would be aware of you know what's going on uh, can understand it. This is opposed to academic books, you know, like textbooks for graduate school and so forth. I mean, sometimes. And I'm I'm university educated, but I mean, when I read this kind of stuff, you gotta really put on your thinking cap to even understand all the convoluted sentences and the big words and everything else. That's not my book at all. I write for the average person in language that they can understand. And I hope that it's not just reading the book, but they will share it with other people. In fact, I taught it myself in my, my home and I think we started with 12 people, which is fairly typical. They generally dwindle over time. Uh, the group is 13 weeks long because there's, you know, basically 13 chapters. Also, that's a, a quarter. There's 13 weeks and a quarter. The group actually grew it was uh, about 18 or 20 when we finished, and that was including having some attrition. Uh, you know, some people who dropped out for one reason or another. So. I was encouraged by that because the people in the group really got into it. Someone suggested this week, in fact these pastors that we met with suggested that I do a, a live streaming Zoom call kind of thing that would let people, you know, basically teach the book and people could come on online. I uh, We actually were discussing it in the office this week and if you'll allow me, I'll do a little experiment. I. We have an email called info at charismamedia dot com. It's it's the general way that people contact us when they don't know who to email, and you know there's somebody who passes those along. If your listeners would email me at info at charismamedia dot com and tell me if they like that idea, um, I think that would be a little simple market research, just just. Test the idea we will probably do it, but it would just be interesting to get that feedback and also I prepared uh, introductions to each chapter on video they're about eight minutes long. It summarizes the high points of the chapter and kind of sets it up so that people can discuss it and anyone who asks and writes about it but you have to understand you've got uh, people are writing us about everything from A to Z so people would have to say. I heard this on Mark Taylor's show, and you said you send us the links. And we'll email it to you. You can watch them. You can use them in a group. There's no cost. Uh, the only cost, of course, is uh, you know buying the book, but it, it's inexpensive. And I would be interested in just getting feedback from your listeners.
1: Yeah, that would be a good idea. Well, folks, stay with us. And we're going to have more with Stephen String and Spirit-Led Living in an Upside-Down World right after this this is mark taylor if you miss a broadcast of crosspoint you can always go to our website at www.kneo.org and click on the programs page there you can access the current crosspoint program as well as the last four programs that have been aired never miss another crosspoint program again go to www.kneo.org today welcome back to crosspoint i'm mark taylor And my guest today is Stephen String, uh, best-selling author, founder of Charisma Magazine, and uh, we're talking about his latest book here from Charisma Media, Spirit-Led Living in an Upside-Down World. And uh, in the first of the book, page 38, you say, Part of the reason I'm writing this book is to inspire each of us and the entire church to pray for a new Pentecost. Tell us what you mean by that.
0: Well, Pentecost was when the Holy Spirit descended was poured out in the early church. Uh, The word Pentecost is a Greek word that means 50 days after Passover, and so we still celebrate it every year. Um, The Jews actually have a feast that they call Shaviot, which is 50 days after Passover, and it was on that feast day that the Holy Spirit was poured out. And over the centuries, there have been repeated outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You know, every generation has got to experience the Lord in a new and fresh way. Somebody said that God has no grandchildren, He only has children. And we need something powerful to happen. It's happened in history. Uh, Probably the best example is the Protestant Reformation in 1517 with Martin Luther. The Church had become very, very corrupt, and he was actually wanting to reform the Catholic Church. He was a Catholic priest. But they kicked him out, and if you know anything about history, uh, it was kind of the right thing at the right time, and it it just sparked uh, a fire that we are still the beneficiaries of all these centuries later. Uh, That changed Christianity. Uh, It kind of got it back to the Bible. And, of course, the Gutenberg Press um, printed the Bible for the first time in the same era. It would have been a little bit before Luther. And it was people getting the Word of God and a hunger for more of God that sparked the Protestant Reformation. There there was a Great Awakening in the colonies uh, in the early 1700s. We call it the First Great Awakening. And it really shifted things spiritually uh, in this country and really set... The tone for when our nation was founded for having religious freedom and, and, and doing things based on uh, godly principles, uh, our founding fathers were affected by the First Great Awakening. There was a Second Great Awakening, there was the Holiness Movement in the late 1800s. The Pentecostal Movement started in the early 1900s, where people were praying for the Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues and believed that prophecy and healing and miracles and the different things were alive and well today and could be accessed by the church. There were, most of the church had sort of taught that they had ceased when the last apostle died. It it was a doctrine, in my opinion, that wasn't based on studying the Bible. It was the fact that they didn't see the gifts in operation, and so this was explaining it. Well, it died with the early church. There are still people who believe that, as I referred to earlier, but millions have been swept into that movement. And there are many, many churches and denominations that believe that people can be healed, believe that people can give uh can hear from the Holy Spirit and give prophetic words. I give examples of this. I write about all this in the book. I have examples about how the different gifts operate: the gift of discernment, the gift of word of knowledge, and I just I try to help people understand and to encourage them to experience these gifts.
1: Yeah, in the chapter four of the book: uh, expect God to speak through you. Uh, you talk about there are many ways God leads us by the Holy Spirit, and one is through the gift of prophecy, where the gift shows or the Spirit shows us something that will happen or gives us direction or a warning. I would say we need that now more than ever in our lives and what's going on in our world. I agree with you 100%. And, you know, the Holy Spirit
0: can prompt us to speak a word, um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be real mystical or sometimes the people maybe aren't even aware of it uh yesterday just in con- private conversation uh over lunch with a group uh, one of the people was sharing that a friend of hers had really kind of saved your marriage because the marriage was on the rocks and the friend spoke to her and just said look you're you're married uh the word of god says you should stay married and you know she elaborated more than I am, of course. But the point I'm making is that that was really a prophetic word uh, saying, you know, prophesying that the marriage would be restored and so forth, and it was. And this lady was, you know, obviously sharing her story, but that is just an example. I happened to know the mutual friend that she was referring to, and, uh, the, and the lady is someone who really uh, walks in the Holy Spirit. And we need to have this in our in our lives. I mean, a lot of people live lives of quiet desperation and want a word from God. In fact, there are some people who will actually seek out ministries that deal with the prophetic because they want to, they want, they're desperate to hear from God, you know, an encouraging word, a direction, you know. And um, sometimes it's misused, uh, you know, that's unfortunate, but it's also valid. And so that chapter, does a deep dive into that.
1: Now, yeah. another place here you speak about on page seventy-eight, the gift of faith. You say one of the most powerful gifts of faith. The Bible says that every believer has been given a measure of faith. Jesus told us that if we had faith as tiny as a mustard seed, we could speak to mountains and they would be removed and cast into the sea. This type of faith is available to all believers, but the gift of faith is something more. It's not a saving faith, but an extraordinary faith to see the impossible done. So explain that level of faith there.
0: Well, the way you read it was pretty succinct. Let me uh, say it this way. Let's talk about healing. There's a gift of healing. There are times when people will really pray and God miraculously heals. We know that. Unfortunately, it does not happen 100% of the time, but there's something supernatural when it does happen. However, healing happens all the time, all the time. If you cut your finger, however somebody would cut their finger, gardening or whatever, it instantly starts healing. When it scabs up, that is the healing process starting, and you know, in a couple of days or maybe a week or so, it'll be totally healed. That is not the gift of healing, it's something supernatural. So, there's a level of faith, in fact, you, you can't really accept Jesus as the Savior or believe the Gospel without faith. And Martin Luther's thing that he brought back to the Church was, the just shall live by faith whereas the Church had really gotten into a works mentality, and faith is essential. However, you can believe things into existence. Uh, Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagin, some of those teachers really have brought real insight into the Church. Eric Prince taught a lot about faith. Um, I was affected by that as a young man, and when I was just sort of struggling to find what God wanted me to do with my life and I started this little magazine that was very small and you know most people didn't know about it I just really really had to believe God at many different levels I had to believe for the staff who helped me with it I had to believe God for the finances because I you know I came from just a very ordinary family who didn't have much money beyond what it took to live day to day and I had to experience that. And even now, you know, every single day I'm having to believe God in an extraordinary way, and it's a level of the Spirit that is available to us that a lot of people, you know, they think, well, that's someone else. But, you know, even that little passage that you read that referred to faith the grain the size of a grain of mustard seed you know, most of us don't see mustard seeds very often. You know, we eat mustard on our hot dogs, but, I mean, they're made from little tiny seeds. And I've seen mustard seeds. They're very, very small. In fact, I think some people may consider it to be almost the smallest seed. It was just Jesus' way of saying, if your face is even that small, you can say to a mountain and be removed. And how does that happen? Well, you know, it is possible you remove a mountain, you know, dynamite in a bulldozer will move a mountain if you keep working at it long enough. I mean, it's possible, and um, and so the things in our lives, whether it's the need for miracles, miracle, whether it's direction in life, you know, God wants us to live fulfilled lives. We do not have to live lives of quiet desperation. We don't have to let the devil beat us up all the time, and we can live in faith, and really, if people who are listening don't get anything else out of this is that there's a level of faith that you can experience, and it comes through the power of the Holy Spirit, and it enables us to live strong, vibrant lives, both in our own lives, with our families, our day-to-day walk, but also to believe that something can, can shift in our nation. Uh, it's happened before. We desperately need it. There's a, there's a desire for it. But there's awful lot of pushback, you know. There's uh, there's a lot of evil in the world that that people that do not believe Christian principles or even opposed to them, and uh, you know, some of them don't even want us to have the freedom to to live Christian lives as we see fit. The Bible talks about, uh, in fact, in two different places, it has this expression about the. Right is considered wrong, and wrong is considered right. And that's that's what's happening in our country. Uh, not only our country, but all the West. Because Canada, in my opinion, is a whole lot worse oh, in terms yeah. of religious freedom no doubt. than what we experience. And Canada is not that different than the United States. I mean, yeah. it was, it was a, I'm going to say a British colony. I don't know that they really called it a colony, but it was certainly a commonwealth that had to get their freedom from England. You know, it happened probably 75 years after our revolution. It happened without a war. But they speak English, except in Quebec. You know, it's very similar. In fact, I heard someone tease some Canadians and say it was like the 51st state. They don't like to hear that. But there's not that much difference between the U.S. and Canada. And, And if we're not careful, we're headed in that direction because Canada is becoming more and more socialistic, which we saw especially with the whole thing with COVID, yeah. where, and then the people responded, remember that truck convoy? Yeah, And they were actually uh, brutal in how they dealt with those people, uh, closing their bank accounts and doing all kinds of things that we would have never thought, you know, a, demo- a democratic government would do. So I just use that as an example that I hope
1: is helpful. Well, Folks, stay with us. We've got more about this book, Spirit-Led Living in an Upside-Down World, right after this. On purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose.
0: To get God's truths into their lives. Share God's love with people who need
1: encouragement. You get the truth of God out there, and it resounds, and it resonates. 91.7 The Word. There's amazing things in people's lives. You're listening to Crosspoint. I'm Mark Taylor. I'm your host for Crosspoint, but... My guest today is a previous guest, Stephen Strain. He's from Charisma uh, Media. You know, Many of you know about Charisma Magazine. But Stephen's also an author, and uh, we've got a book today, Spirit-Led Living in an Upside-Down World. Now, Stephen, you just talked in your last segment there, and we were talking about, you know, supernatural. Well, you referred to this um, in the book uh, when you're talking to Sid Roth, and he has a program along those lines. And you say the last great move of God, I'm looking at page 98, and you talk about how the Spirit's related here. You're mentioning Smith, Rebelsworth, and Lester Summerall and all those. And, uh, you know, these were great men, and there was great women too of God that really transformed and changed Uh, Christianity in a way that caused people to take another look or a different look at it, wasn't there? You've got people like Sid Roth who exposes and shows people, you know, there is another side to living when we talk about spirit-filled living, you know. Uh, People refer to spirit-filled living, but talking about people with power like Spith Mugglesworth had and Lester Sommerall, and and you mentioned Kenneth Hagan and others you know, that actually did something when they prayed and when they moved their spirit really did move in miraculous ways that's right and a lot of these people you name i
0: know personally i've been read personally i considered sid roth and kenneth copeland friends i knew Kenneth the pagan of course he's been in heaven now for a number of years i knew Lester summerall and kind of considered him a mentor in a way uh when i was in my 20s he personally knew and traveled with smith wigglesworth uh he would have been maybe in his 20s or 30s smith wigglesworth died in 1948 that was before i was born and i knew another man named arthur Burt who lived to 100 who also uh, as a young man traveled with smith wigglesworth and loved to tell stories so in that way i even have a direct connection to smith wigglesworth himself Uh, he was a great man he wrote a number of books a lot of things have been written about him and so it was useful to use that in my book to make some of these examples and I tried to be very specific I tried to use different stories in different chapters not repeat my stories and not everyone has been able to know these people like I have but um, you know that's why you write a book in order to share these things as far as Sid Ross is concerned he he has a term, he calls it the glory. He believes that, and we were referring earlier to a great revival. He says it's going to be the greatest revival in human history. I mean, he's passionate about it. He can articulate it better than anybody I've ever heard. And actually, I had done an interview with him, uh, probably a podcast. I have a podcast called The Strang Report. Uh, for many years, it was audio only. Now it's audio and video. People can watch it on YouTube. I did a podcast with him, and I liked the material so well that I. It was, in fact, it was one of the first things I used as I was putting to get together the book. I think it really would encourage him. Uh, Sid has a show called "It's Supernatural." It's widely available uh, nowadays. You can get almost everything on streaming. Um, you know, even if you don't have access, you know, maybe the channel that they're on, or or can't necessarily even watch the time that it comes on in the day. That's how we used to do broadcasts. Now everything. Almost everything seems to be on demand, which makes it easier to kind of pick and choose. But I encourage listeners to reach out, find about this. You can start by reading my book, spirit Red Living in an Upside-Down World. There's footnotes in the back of the book. Everything I quote, everything is footnoted. We, we very carefully researched it to be sure that we got things right, because I believe that's part, what journalists should do. Sadly, that I'm almost embarrassed at the state of journalism, how it's fallen. But, uh, you know, I try to be very accurate very, uh, and do my research. And so the footnotes would help people find where they can do more research if they're interested.
1: You talk about setting, in the book, setting uh, spirit-inspired goals uh, to have out there, you know, uh, spirit-inspired goals for a spirit-led life and, you know, Stephen, I'm, I I keep looking at the title of the book, Spirit-Led Living in an Upside-Down World. And I know that, it's, you know, we want to challenge people, you know, to live by the Spirit more than what they're doing and not by the flesh. But sometimes I look at that title, and I think Spirit-Led Living in an Upside-Down Church sometimes, uh, because sometimes the people in the church aren't getting it, or they actually fight against the Spirit. I think here in your book, you're really trying to show us uh, how to have that, more abundant life in living a spirit-inspired life.
0: You're exactly right. And the Upside Down Church, as you put it, uh, is part of the Upside Down world. I've done podcasts with people who have actually written books about the woke church.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, we don't really have time to talk a lot about it, but there's parts of the church that are actually becoming woke. It's a very dangerous trend. We really need the power. People who are really empowered by the Holy Spirit don't go there. They just don't. And uh, so we need the power of the Holy Spirit anymore. I'm glad you brought up the goal setting. Uh, I was never really taught goal setting when I was a child. Um, Most schools don't teach it. As an early adult, when I was just trying to find my way, I discovered Norman Vincent Peale and Robert Shuler and uh, you know authors like this. You talked about the importance of goal setting. I mean, even this week, I listened to the audio book by Brian Tracy, who is a secular motivational speaker who uses Christian principles. I think goal setting is very important. Over the years, as I've mentored people and taught courses and d- different things, I've shared this because I set some goals when I was a young man. I still set goals, and I think we need to have clear thinking and. I debated whether or not to use it, but Mark Batterson, who wrote the book The Circle Maker, which is on the importance of prayer, and he uses the image of kind of drawing a circle and getting in the middle and just praying until you get an answer from God, he had a whole chapter on goal-setting and shared his own story. He had a goal to climb Mount Kilimanjaro and to take his son down to Peru for Machu Picchu. Those are just two that stuck in my mind, and a lot of other goals. And I thought, you know what, if Mark Matterson can do that, I can too, because I believe if someone is truly led by the spirit, their lives need to have direction and purpose. The fact is, and you probably already know this, most people spend more time planning an expensive vacation, you know, maybe uh, a trip to Europe or something, more than they do planning their life. And the closest thing most people come to goal setting is setting some New Year's resolutions, which last about a week. And so I encourage it. I try to make it simple. I tell stories. I write a little bit about some of the people I just referred to. And I have actually gotten some good feedback The book is written, as I think I mentioned earlier, like magazine articles, in the sense that they're all self-contained. You know, that's just how I write, how I've learned over the years. I've been doing it for decades. So you can almost read any chapter that catches your interest and in the same way that you would read a magazine article and maybe not read the rest of the magazine. And I encourage people... It can really be a life changer. You know, a lot of times you share about this stuff and nobody takes you seriously. But I've had lots of uh, examples over the years of even people on my own staff. I encourage them to set goals. Of course, some of the goals are what we're trying to do as an organization in terms of uh, growth or subscribers or the kind of books we want to get and so on and so forth. But also I encourage them in their personal lives to set goals. And so I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think it's so important and it's something that we don't talk about, about very often. And as I say, you know, they teach you all this stuff in school. that doesn't even help you. And very, very, very few schools would ever have um, a course on goal setting or on budgeting. You know, a lot of these kids get out of high school and they don't even know how to hardly balance a checkbook or, or set a budget you know, for the cost of living or their food or their car payment or whatever. And it's really why a lot of people struggle. Now, gradually, you sort of learn how to do that kind of thing. But uh, I think it's really important to set goals, and they need to be measurable, and you need to constantly be updating them uh, over time, which are all things that I go into in my book, Uh, Spirit-Led Living in an Upside-Down World.
1: Now the last chapter of the book, just before the conclusion on page 177, you say, though the world seems to be careening toward the last days, this is not the time to become discouraged. We have the Holy Spirit. He will never leave us or forsake us. As Moses told Joshua, the Lord goes before you. He will be with you. He will not fail you nor forsake you. Do not fear do, nor be dismayed. And you go on to say, God is our only hope. Uh, It worked back then, it works today, it still works, and it's the power of the Holy Spirit that we need.
0: Absolutely, and uh, you're a great interviewer. Thank you for this opportunity. You seem to get it more than most of the interviews I've done, and I've done a lot. I, I think it's important enough for people to get the book and read it, but I really think if people would start, it would draw them in, make it easy. Of course, as I already said, you can focus on areas that speak to your life more than others. And really, all of us need to be reading books on a regular basis. I read or listen to almost a book a week. I've just been a voracious reader my entire life. And of course, you know, now it's a way that I make a living. The book is available on on Audible. Uh, If I listen to a book, I count that as reading the book. And it's a great way to spend the time in the car it's really interesting kindle kindle is such that you can read it on kindle and you can then listen to it on audible and you can go back and forth like for example listening to it in the office and then when you get home the technology is amazing you can pick yeah. up and read it if if you want to do it i i just thought that was very fascinating when i realized that
2: yeah. and i encourage
0: so it's easy to do technology makes it easy there's also these different videos I. Uh, my own podcast, the Strang Report, on YouTube. A lot of the interviews are on this. In fact, a lot of the people that I interviewed for the book, uh, I did a podcast with them where we talked about it. And um, it's a little bit random, and it fits in with all the other stuff. My podcast yesterday was about the fires in in Maui, and so I'm you know talking about current events. Uh, as well. The one before that was on true and false prophets. So I hope people will check out my podcast as well. It's called The Strang Report. That's my name. I've been reporting all these years. And it's just a way to connect. Uh, of course, Charisma Magazine is now Charisma Magazine online. And as I mentioned earlier, all of Jonathan Cahn's books are good, and his new book is The Josiah Manifesto.
1: I know there's a lot of stuff that goes on at Charisma Media. You're a busy man, and I'm glad you provide all of that, too, especially from... The side of Christianity that that I believe is an important part of Christianity, uh, a very important part. So, Stephen Strang, thanks for joining us today and being with us here on Crosspoint.
0: Thank you, Mark. It's always a pleasure. God bless you.
1: Great interview today. A lot of stuff going on there, Charisma Media, but talking about spirit-led living, uh, hey, read the Bible. There's a lot in there that talks about being led by the Spirit and the power of the Spirit. There's a lot in the Bible. You need to know this other book in my other handwriting. Because it's the Word of God, it contains everything you need to know. It talks all about the spirit-led living. The Bible is a very words of God's. It's the essence of life, and uh, it doesn't matter who you are, it will help you get through life here upon this earth. The Bible contains the most important words you're ever going to read, and certainly ever follow. Be sure and join us again next time as we again discuss issues that are affecting the church. Have a great week. Allow God to use you for His purposes so that greater things can be done. Make your life count in God's plans for eternity. I'm Mark Taylor.
2: Crosspoint is a program produced in Studio 101 at KNAO Radio. Not all of the views on Crosspoint reflect those of the management or staff of KNAO. You may contact the Crosspoint program at 10827 Highway 86 East, Neosho, Missouri 64850, or by email crosspoint at KNEO.org. You can hear Crosspoint four times a week, Saturday morning at 1, Saturday afternoon at 2, Saturday evening at 9, and Sunday evening at 7. You can also listen anytime online at kneo.org.